Breakfast on 702. For the curious on 92.7 and 106 FM. Livia joins us uh, in this in our second in- interview. She's partner at Bowman's, and we'll be talking about the majority of the provisions of the Protection of Personal Information Act 4 of 2013. That's the Poppy A, commencing on the 1st of July 2020. Livia, I hope you're warm and toasty and ready to engage this morning. How are you? Hi, fine, thanks, Wasanga. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, the Poppy A, how how many South Africans would you say are aware and ready uh, for the implica- impl- implications they may face uh, on the 1st of July? Um, I think the Act has been um, publicized for quite a long time. I mean, when one often hears adverts uh, saying that Um, suppliers are compliant with Poppia and doing everything that they need to do. So the Act has been around for for quite some time and we've been waiting for it to be brought into effect for for ages. Um, So this has finally happened, which is quite exciting, certainly for for lawyers like me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that awareness is certainly growing, but I think that this is definitely an opportune moment for um, for individuals uh, to to become more aware of of their rights in terms of in terms of this legislation. Um, so I would hope and, and I imagine that there will be quite a lot more awareness campaigns, mm. um, particularly by the information regulator, um, which is now going to be fully empowered to perform all of the functions that they that that they are empowered to perform under the Act. Hmm. And for some of our listeners who may not be aware, what exactly is the Poppy Act? So the Poppy Act is uh, a a new piece of legislation which is going to create new protections for people's personal information. So people's personal information means everything from their name and contact details to their biometric information, um, their health information, uh, religious details, um, any type of information which is which is personal to you is is, is personal information and is subject to various protections um, under under this piece of legislation. Sensitive personal information and children's information is subject to heightened protection. Um, really, what this legislation does is it um, codifies what we currently have under the common law. So legislation, so, so that those are requirements that are not written down anywhere. It's just what the, what the courts have said. Um, and so what this legislation does is it creates a much more detailed framework that people who deal with individuals' personal information are going to have to comply with. And it also creates a new enforcement system um, through this information regulator and, and the various powers that the information regulator has um, to to make sure that people's personal information is protected. So, for example, in the when there's a, a data breach, when when uh, information has been has been um, released to some unauthorized person, in the past there wasn't. It, it was it was really just uh, what the, the the people who who were using the, the personal information it was just up to them what they decided to to do about the data breach. Now there will be mm. specific steps that they will need to follow, specific reporting requirements, and then a whole range of other requirements around security um, and specific steps that need to be taken. So it really just, it's an enhancement of uh, the, the rights that people have in relation to their personal personal data. Livia, how will this affect the day-to-day South African? And uh, I, I think there's a lot of, um, I think, misconceptions as how, and I think as well as assumptions about how the sensitive information is used. 
Well, I think I mean I think that the, the primary way that this is probably going to have an impact on on you and me is in the context of of marketing communications, um, because one of the major changes uh, that was that was quite contentious when when this act was a bill and, and that went through quite a lot of different different versions. But one of the biggest changes that this act will introduce is in relation to direct marketing communications that are sent electronically. So the SMSs and WhatsApps and emails that you get from people trying to sell you things. So going forward, um, marketers and and suppliers won't be able to use people's contact details for those sorts of purposes unless they have specific consent to do so. So that's going to be that's going to be quite a big change. That's moving to mm. an opt-in regime compared to where we are now, which is an opt-out regime. So people effectively people are entitled to use your information to send you things um, unless you specifically tell them that you that you don't want them to. So I think that that's going to be one of the the, the biggest changes that um, that that individuals are, are going to see. Um, I think also that the fact that there that there is the information regulator and that people will be able to make complaints to the information regulator is also going to be um, quite a quite, quite a shift from from where we've where we've been until now. Um, and people will become more aware of the requirements for, for how their sensitive personal information is treated. I mean, obviously, um, there are businesses that, that need to deal with sensitive personal information. So, your, you know, your medical aid will need to have access to your health information. A pharmacy will have access to your health information. And that's perfectly acceptable. It's just that there will now be this, this new quite specific framework around how that type of personal information is supposed to be dealt with um, and, and what, sort of, uh, what sort of controls those sorts of, of companies have to have in place. For the most part, many companies in South Africa have, have started on this journey of compliance and, and many of them are, are quite a long way along. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it really will be those who are um, not currently doing what, what they need to do that are, that are going to experience from a business perspective the, the, the greatest shift. All right. What was happening before uh, to our personal information? It sounds like a free-for-all. And, of course, when we read what happened with Cambridge Analytica and uh, the influence that data can have on our day-to-day lives, it kind of opened us up to conspiracy theories and really how much value our data holds. Uh, I'm imagining an underworld where our information is being traded uh, by henchmen. But beyond my imagination, uh, Livia, what was the situation before? So the situation before is that I mean, there, there are rules in relation to how personal information is supposed to be treated. It's just that they, they weren't ever written down in a piece of legislation. And that's, that's where there's going to be a change now. I mean, I think we have to acknowledge in the world that we live in that data is an enormously valuable asset and it, and it can be used in incredibly good ways. Um, but yes, of course, there is also the opportunity for, for exploitation. The difficulty, I suppose, with, with, with data protection regimes like, like Popia is that they only apply in one country. So one should always remember when you are uh, dealing with a foreign company in particular that their data protection rules might be quite different to what we have in South Africa. Okay. But I think what is quite useful about this legislation is that it does bring us more into line with how the rest of the world, well, certainly Europe, which is kind of the gold standard from a data protection perspective, treats data. Um, 
the, in, in the European Union, um, there are very stringent controls in relation to how personal information can be treated and who it can be shared with. And we've seen that in the press um, around uh, the complaints that have been made against against some social media companies. Um, and mm. so I think this legislation doesn't quite get us to, to that level, but it certainly moves us a lot closer. Um, so, so I think that that, that, that is good for, for, for South African citizens. I love the transparency in which you entered the discussion. You said, hey guys, you know what? I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and for me, it means good times. But uh, instead of <laughs> looking at it as just a threat, what are the consumer and business organizational benefits from the PAPIA? Because uh, I- I'm seeing... I think someone who's opted in is much, you'd probably have much more value and response from them from a marketing aspect than someone who says, where did you get my number? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's certainly from an anecdotal perspective and certainly from my own experience, definitely how I feel. Um, uh, so I think, I mean, from a consumer perspective, uh, I think that the, the, the benefits are obvious of, of, of this legislation. Um, the fact that companies will be held to a particular standard and that there will be things that we can do if they don't comply, I think is, is very useful. I think what will be important is for awareness to spread um, around people's rights under this legislation. And, and that um, I, I hope that the information regulator is equipped um, uh, to to do um, to, to perform their functions and, and to and to take on all of the the myriad complaints that I'm sure are are, are going to come their way. Um, from a business perspective, I mean, I'm I'm not a marketing professional, but I, I agree with you. I mean, to my mind, certainly my experience is that uh, is that it's it's preferable to engage with people who have said that they that they do want to receive um, marketing communications from you. I mean, I think we do need to acknowledge that there is a compliance burden that will be placed on businesses in the context of this legislation. Um, but as I say, many many businesses in South Africa have, have in fact already started doing what they need to do or are, are very a very long way um, along that road. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's probably mostly that those companies that, that, that haven't started and, and that, that mm. uh, potentially aren't doing what they need to do that are going to face the, the highest um, the highest burden. Um, but I think that there definitely are benefits for businesses, not only because, as I say, this legislation does move us closer to uh, what the rest of the world is doing, so it potentially does make it easier for information to be shared from other jurisdictions because um, companies who are exporting their data um, will uh, will know that, that the South African regime has, has similar protections. I think what it, that, that benefit really does depend on, on how the legislation is ultimately enforced. So, Livia, there's a whole website de- dedicated to the Protection of Personal Information Act, uh, but uh, just a quick skim through um, of what is available at the moment and how much of it they've, they've updated, for example, the COVID-19 uh, symbols and all those kind of things. But uh, some of it is quite complex because if you talk about the commencement date of Poppy, uh, a, is, uh, it says 19 of November 2013. Would you advise, and there's, there's so many sections here, if you're talking about Part A of Chapter to five, what is your advice to, for businesses who'd like a litmus test and a bit of an introduction into how they can um, um, and go through this cumbersome change? I think there's also cha- they might have to be change management involved as well with behavioral change and organizational uh, operations, even standard operating procedures. Those sound like quite a lot of things that need to be implemented. Yeah, I think. 
to be honest, what Popia really, really requires is, is very much a common sense approach. Um, if one thinks one's doing something wrong or something that's slightly on the edge, it probably is. The first step that businesses really do need to take is, is to do an audit, which can be as formal or an informal as, as, as your business requirements necessitate. So if you're a small business, it would probably be more informal. If you're a business which is very large, which is dealing with a lot of personal information and sensitive personal information, obviously the processes that that sort of company would follow would be, would be quite a lot more intensive. But the first step is really to figure out what personal information are we holding and why are we holding it and what are we doing with it? Um, all of the, the, other, the, the other things that, that need to be put in place, like privacy policies and, and protocols around how one deals with data breaches, that can, that can all come later as, 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 as the, the compliance journey goes along. Um, but the first step is really to figure out, well, what personal information do we have? All businesses will have some level of personal information to the extent that they have employees, um, but, but businesses will have, have more or less personal information depending on what it is that they do. But that's really the, the very first step. The information regulators uh, website is, is a useful resource, um, and I'm sure that they will be adding more guidelines, practical uh, information for companies that are looking to, to, to start um, making sure that they're compliant. Uh, there is a transitional period of a year, so companies do have some time. That period can be extended as well by a further three years um, in relation to specific groups of, of, of people who deal with personal information or particular classes of personal information. I don't think people should bank on, on, on there being an extension, and it is important to, to, to start. But I think that that simple step of working out what, what do we have and why, uh, and do we need it, is, is really the, the, the very the first practical step, um, and it, it really it, it is a common sense approach. It's it's moving to a system where people need to be provided with information around what is happening with their personal information. It doesn't mean that companies can't collect and use personal information, but it does mean that that, that the individuals who are affected do need to be made aware of why their personal information is being dealt with in the way that it is. Oh, all right. And then just a, a, a friend of mine told me, and I've become empathetic to telemarketers and even the fact to humanize them to say they're also people at the end of the phone. When you're frustrated, busy with something, you might forget that. But um, there is a way in which you are, of course, allowed to ask certain questions. If you feel that your information, someone has gotten a hold of it uh, and, it, and you, you feel that you didn't give them access to it, what questions as a consumer, as someone who's getting this call, what questions can we ask? Ask, and what can we do? A friend of mine suggested that you should ask that person to take you off their database, please. Can you give us more insight on, uh, on a, if you think that your information has been accessed and you, you'd like to, to end it or inquire about um, how you can manage that? Sure. So at the moment, even, even before the Protection of Personal Information Act, when you uh, receive those sorts of calls under the Consumer Protection Act, you are actually allowed to say, please stop the call, I, I don't want to be on your database anymore, and telemarketers are supposed to, by law, give you that opportunity. So there are, in fact, steps that one was able to take even even before uh, Popier. Um, but uh, going forward, because, um, of, because marketers won't be allowed to use your information unless you consent it, so uh, the specific sections in, in, in Popier specifically deal with electronic communication, so 
uh, SMSs and WhatsApps and emails and those sorts of communications. But those um, telephone calls that you receive, there would be there would also be implications around around the use of your contact details for for, for those sorts of calls. So. Um, if you if you do get a call from one of those telemarketers, you can ask who the marketer is. You can ask for their details. Um, hopefully, they'll give them to you. And then there is the option of um, referring a complaint to the information regulator, uh, where where you feel that that your information has been obtained unlawfully. Thank you so much. We've been in discussion with Olivia Dyer, Dyer, partner at Bowman's, discussing the majority of the provisions of the Protection of Personal Information Act 4 of 2013, commencing on 1st of July 2020. Olivia, thank you so much for your time and insights this morning. Please do be safe and all the best. You too. Thanks, Osanga.